Okay, so uh, back at it. It is time for the Pistols Firing Podcast with your hosts, yours truly, Carson Cunningham. I mean, he's about as pretty as they get. Joined, as always, by Kyle Porter. When he breaks through and gets in the open, it's over. Gone. The Pistols Firing Podcast starts right now. We are back at it. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined as always by Kyle Porter. Pokes coming off a big win over Kansas State. Hopefully you're able to watch it. I know ESPN minus had some issues, but um, <laughs> Kyle, were you able to watch it? I saw you tweeting some hilarious uh, technical issues they were having during the game. Well, uh, Oklahoma State is not the only uh, organization that has issues inside the 20-yard line because uh, ESPN Plus just uh, ejected uh, on one of the red zone drives that uh, that OSU had in the second half. But I don't know. I mean, the production, do you want to talk about it? Sure. It wasn't great. Can we great. get to our sponsor first? Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get to them. Uh mid first bank who is great but the espn plus production like i don't dislike the idea of espn plus and, and i get why they're doing it and i think it's the future and all these things but like i don't know it was it's not very good like the announcing they have on there just the entire thing i mean i don't know if you saw the camera from the uh like the top of of gallagher iba on some of these field goals and extra points you're like is, is do they have someone up there like holding up an iPhone and that's the and that's like how they're producing this? I, I don't I don't well, get. I, what, I didn't see it because I was at the game. I I don't watch it. I don't but, read it. Yeah, but it was my understanding that it would still be a professional production crew just on a different platform. But it sure sounds like with what you're describing, they put not only like their you know lower level announce team, but just the they didn't have the typical. ESPN game day production as far as the right cameras and the right places and everything else. So that, that to me is concerning if I'm paying $5 a month for this service and I'm getting a, a third, fourth rate service. So yeah, and, I didn't and see I, it, but that sounds like a big issue. I do wonder how much of it is because, you know, YouTube TV has figured out the thing where like the quality is incredible, right? Like you, you get on YouTube TV and you're like, this looks like I'm watching if you're watching on your laptop, it looks like you're watching on a on a flat screen TV, and ESPN Plus is not there with the with the uh, like the quality of streaming. So I don't know. We'll see. I like the idea of it. I don't know how it's going to go going forward. But before we get to our, uh, as one reader said, we should call it start calling it the mid first five, which I think works because it's uh, right after our mid first uh, discussion. Uh, we'll get to the mid first five in a second, but first. Carson, you can sign up for an Oklahoma State credit card uh, with Pistol Pete on it. Display your Oklahoma State pride. Uh, you earn a $150 bonus uh, whenever you sign up for an OSU credit card. You can go to midfirst.com slash pistols firing. You earn points. You can earn bursar reward option. Or excuse me, there are bursar rewards options. And uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool deal. So everybody go check that out. Midfirst.com slash pistols firing. And uh Let's get to the mid-first five, Carson. You want to do this? Mid-first five, man. Our our listeners have come up with some great segment names. Bullets and BBs, mid-first five. I love it. Mid-first five. Well done by our listeners. It's pretty good. I mean, maybe we're, maybe we're morons for not thinking of it since we're basically saying the phrase throughout the podcast, but uh, I thought it was pretty awesome. I was impressed. I like it. Let's get right yeah. to it. Chuba. I mean, where else where else would we start? He, he he's well. He, can I uh, can I pat myself on the back a little bit in this? Segment? Yeah, but well, first I, I want to I want to give you the floor. I want you to take it. Uh, you called him transcendent on Saturday. He is he is the definition of a transcendent player in college football, and uh, I'll let you have the floor. And I believe I called him that after like one game after after Oregon State, and I think after McNeese or after. Second or third game, I just started saying what this guy's doing is is stuff you haven't seen since Barry Sanders, and, and I, I don't say that lightly. And I think some people were taken aback. I think the roundtable told me to pump the brakes, but I'm not pumping the brakes. I'm hitting the gas because <laughs> because I mean Kyle, like 296 yards, and he didn't have a carry in the first quarter. Like this guy's playing at a different speed than his contemporaries. 
Bruce, he's playing a different game than most running backs. I say he's transcendent because he's better than Justice Hill. He's better than Kendall Hunter. He's better than Joseph Randall. He's better than just about every running back that's played at the school. And I think you got to go to Barry and Thurman yeah. to find a player who is just this much better than you know a Kansas State defense who's pretty good. And I think it's going to be a headache for a lot of teams. And just, I mean, that, that poor defensive back that was chasing him, that actually thought he had a chance to catch him. And Chuba was in, like, third gear looking at the Jumbotron. And it's like, should I hit it to fifth gear? Nah, I don't need to. <laughs> and so, no, I mean, just what do you say, Kyle? This, this guy's doing Barry Sanders stuff. And the fact they chanted his name as he's leaving the field, that's something, you know, Brian Keating went to games when Barry played there. And he said, and he, he fired off some texts to people that have been around OSU a very, very long time and just asked, like, has anyone gotten their name chanted in that stadium since Barry? And we couldn't think of any. The only one I could think would maybe be close is when Brandon Whedon set the single-game passing record against Baylor. But yeah. I think he got a standing O, but I don't think they chanted his name. So that that's the level this guy's at is Barry Sanders. Yeah. I mean, he's, I, he's not Barry. Let me preface it again. He's not no. Barry. Barry's the GOAT. We all understand that. But he does Barry-like things. I mean, he's not Barry, but like the numbers suggest that he's as close as you're going to get. Right. Like, <laughs> right. I don't even, I don't even know where to start with these numbers, Carson. I mean, again, like I, I, I've been spouting about this all year, but 10, 200 yard rushing games in the Gundy era, 15 years, 10, there's been 10 and Chuba's had three in the last 30 days. <laughs> like three, three of the 10 have been in the last 30 days by Chuba Hubbard. Wow. I mean, and, and it's not like it's not like Gundy is like all of a sudden just wants to run it all the time. That's what that's what he's always wanted to do. Like, that's all they've ever done is wanted to is wanted to run the ball. Right. It's not like other guys haven't had opportunities. He's just he's he's unbelievable. I mean, he's the he's I, I don't know what would have to happen to convince me that the top three is not Chuba. Barry and uh, and Thurman, not in that order, but that's that's your top three in school history. Now, you know we can talk about <laughs> Bob Fenimore, whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> but no, we don't have to. That's that's the three, right? Like that's it as of right now. Yeah, and you mentioned just how stupid these numbers are. Like Gavin Lang did put out some great ones. How about? Chuba has 284 more rushing yards than the nation's number two rusher. For perspective, the difference between first and second place is equal to the difference between second place and 43rd place. Yeah. That's how, on a different level, this guy is from any running back in the country. And he he's so different. Like, I've been trying for so long to come up with a comp, and I think I've come up with one. Uh, Brian Keating had a, an, an interesting one, but Chuba's a little bigger than this guy. What do we remember? Chris Johnson played for the Titans, was a four-two yeah. kind of track athlete. Yeah, kind of ran upright, but he he was 5'11", 185. Chuba's like six-one, two fifteen. Like he's bigger. So the guy I keep kind of coming back to is Eric Dickerson, who who ran really upright, was kind of a, a track star as well. Uh, he, he reminds me a lot of his running style of, of Eric Dickerson. Just looks kind of smooth and effortless. That's the best comp I can come up with. But, but as you mentioned, the numbers are just are absurd. They they are absurd. Nobody in nobody in the country has more than uh, nobody's eclipsed 700 yards as a running back. Uh, Chuba has eclipsed not only 700, but 800 and 900 as well. And uh, you know, there's only there's only eleven guys that have even five hundred rushing yards this year. Eleven guys, and Chuba's got almost <laughs> a he's got almost a thousand. That's crazy. It's it's obscene. Thought, like there there the 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 hyperbole is like you can't you almost like can't go too far because and look like I I saw this no. thing, dude. I saw this thing on on Sunday about how. Guys on I don't I don't know what show I don't watch it but uh, some roundtable show on ESPN and they're like is Chuba in the Heisman conversation no because Big Twelve defenses stink and it's like get the hell out of here with that yeah, right like that. that's that's garbage like Kansas State's a good defense and 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 if you want to talk about defenses that stink LSU gave up thirty eight to Texas right so like it right. is what it is like you're you're facing these really good offenses. And it's not, 
it's not it's not necessarily a function of defenses stinking. It's that Chuba's the freaking best athlete in the country. Does that disqualify Jalen Hurts from the Heisman conversation? Because he played Texas Tech's defense. Yeah, it's like, it's that's stupid. Just an absurd it's, argument. It's abs- yes, it is. It's preposterous. I had something else to bring up. I'm um, fired up. I, I don't. I don't. It, okay, so I guess my question for you is. Oh, it, uh, but real quick, I have a question for you. Okay, go. What, what? And, and again, Mike Gundy's a great coach. He's built a great program. All the all the prerequisites. What the hell are they doing, redshirting this guy? <laughs> could, this, could this guy could this guy not have helped them in 2017 win a big 12 championship like i don't want to hear that he hadn't lifted weights or that he's from canada <laughs> like you couldn't throw a screen pass to this dude as a true freshman like for i'm not saying give him 30 carries but like throw him a screen pass throw him a wide receiver screen throw him a hand him a draw play on third down like this guy could have helped you win. get like this guy is transcendent and he redshirted that that and again, Mike Gunny does a great job. This is total hindsight here, but I'm sorry. This guy is playing a different sport than than everyone else on his team, and he redshirted. I've never known Gundy to misuse. This is crazy in hindsight. I've never known Gundy to misuse a future all-purpose NFL back that's has freakish speed in Stillwater. So at least we have that <laughs> that good track record. Oh, uh, man. Did you did you hear what the announcers were saying about? Um, I mean, obviously you didn't, but did you hear what people? said about what the announcers were saying about how Gundy was said he needed like 10 uh I think he said like 20 to 25 more games in college well didn't he do this with justice he kept trying to say justice was going to play his senior year and use the wrong number of games with him yeah like he just kind of <laughs> does it and knows in his heart of hearts that's not happening he said he needed like 20 more games before he's like a, a true pro prospect <laughs> I like the way you put it. You mean, you mean Pro Bowl prospect? Because that's where he's going to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, it's, is, is, it's is, there, is there a more perfect guy for like what NFL offenses are doing right now? I'm not saying he's going to be a first-round pick. I'm just saying like if you're an NFL scout and you're looking around the country and, and, you're, tr- and you're looking for that, you know, kind of the dynamic playmaker that, that NFL offenses are, are craving right now, I mean, where are you going? Yeah, a, a Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara, the, these running backs who can who can have blazing speed, run between the tackles, and, and catch the football. Um, I know they don't throw it to him a whole lot in Stillwater, but I think he's more than capable of doing that. So, no, I think he, he fits he fits the mold to a T, and uh, it'll be interesting to see where he goes in the draft. But, but um, you know, of course, you knock on wood, you hope he can stay healthy, but I think you put out the the trajectory he's on for like total total numbers mm-hmm. is that's when it's not hyperbole to start comparing him to Barry. Was he on pace to go for like twenty four hundred yards or something? Yeah, twenty four hundred. So I got I got two things. I got one uh, about the game and then one question for you. So my favorite run I, I wrote this in the ten thoughts. My favorite run that he had on Saturday didn't even count. It was in the fourth quarter. OSU's on like the 12, which is obviously not a good position for them to be in because they have not been good inside the red zone. Um, He takes a handoff, hits his first guy on the eight and scores. And like by hits his first guy, I mean, he like ran into him, drags like three guys into the end zone. And you're like, this is not normal for somebody who runs like a four, two or four, I guess a four, three to be this strong this late in the game against a physical team like Kansas state. He's a freak. I mean, he's unbelievable. He's so good. Um, but my question for you is, I mean, the 2,400 yard thing, like, I don't think he's going to get to 2,400 yards. That's just a preposterous number, like in a 13 game season, but two thousands in play Carson. And if he gets to 2000, like that's an, that's an auto Heisman invite, right? I think so. And Look, it's fun running backs. It's become a quarterback award. But, like, the way football's changed, like, very rarely does a guy rush for 2,000 yards anymore. And, you know, unless it's some guy in the Big Ten where that's their entire offense. But, no, I, I don't know about auto because you're going to have Hurts. You're going to have Tua. Uh, you know, if um, Fields, Trevor Lawrence, if he gets his acting gear, Fields. I mean, that's, that's four or five guys right there that are quarterbacks. That's going to be tough for him to get there. But, but if the numbers are, are, are as astonishing as they are, and he, and he does it against you know, some, on some primetime games, I think he'll certainly 
deserve an invite. Whether he gets it or not, I don't know. But it's just tough on running backs. It is. And Oklahoma State needed to win that Texas game. And look, like, Chuba's not going to win the Heisman. I don't I don't think anybody thinks that he is. But I think – I think a win, like winning the Heisman for a running back at a at a non you know tier one school, it, it, like just getting to New York is is basically like winning it, right? Like just, like that's yeah. the win because you're not. I mean, it's 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 become so it's it's a weird deal. I thought when uh, and Dominican Sue didn't win it back in when was that oh nine ten, and you're like. Well, like, what's is the award like actually for the best player or is it like what are we doing? You know, like. I feel so like the just quarterbacks ever, on the best teams. That's what it is now. Yeah, I feel like just ever since then we've just it's been weird. Like, I mean, you go back at Derrick Henry and like some of these Alabama running backs that won it, and you're like, I don't know. I guess like, but it it's yeah, just, like two running backs have won it since 2000, and they both played for Alabama, and that's the only reason they won it because they were on the best team. Right, they were better than the quarterback on those teams. So, right, right, and you know, you go back to you go back to Blackman. I mean, Blackman had eighteen hundred receiving yards in twenty ten and like twenty one touchdowns. Like, yeah, how does that not? How is he not sitting in New York wearing a suit? Like that just it's crazy. So, didn't he that's go? Kinda, one I guess year, the, that's another good comparison. I don't think Blackman went. I don't think I think it was, I think the year he was like fourth or fifth in voting. They only brought like three finalists or four finalists, and he was uh, at fifth. Okay. Okay, okay. But but that's another good comparison for Chuba. He's doing, you know, that's the highest compliment I can give. He's doing Justin Blackman things where he just looks bigger, faster, stronger, better than everyone on the field. So that's another good comp. And I, I thought you made a good point before we move on to the, the defense about how they, they threw the ball first to open up the running game. I think that's what they should have done against Texas. Yep. And I, look, I think people that are detractors against Chuba going to New York will be like, well, look, he only rushed for three yards to carry against Texas. And and again, I, I put that more on the coaching staff and their game plan than I do Chuba. I thought he ran hard. He didn't have anywhere to run because uh, I, I thought they were predictable. And so, But I thought you made a good point by opening up with the pass to, to open up the run. Yeah, it was great. It was like what we were screaming about against Texas, and then they do it on the first play. They run that slant uh, from Sanders to uh, Tywin over the middle. Uh, before we talk about – I do want to talk about Spencer a little bit, but Carson, you were there. Defense was awesome, and I get it. Like K State is not, you know, Oregon circa 2010, but they have come into Stillwater the last few years and kind of torn it up against defenses for OSU that we thought were not that bad. You know, like and a lot of the same guys. Like 2017, K State just lights up this Oklahoma State defense, and they they had one first down through basically the end of the third quarter. One first down. I mean, it it, it was Completely really dominant. It was really impressive. What what was your? Uh, have you flipped on Jim Knowles? Has has this has this made you flip on Knowles? Completely dominant. And yes, I was ready to put Jim Knowles on the hot seat at halftime against Tulsa. And since then, he he's been awesome. I mean, yeah. they they played well enough to win at Austin. They got two takeaways in Austin, which nobody gets against Sam Ellinger. Uh, and then they flat out dominate Kansas State. How about eight first downs total? Yeah. One of 13 on third down, one of two on fourth down, 244 total yards. Yeah. That is, that's like a 1980 shutdown defense performance, let alone a 2019 with the way <laughs> offenses are. And, and I don't want to hear now after the fact that Kansas State's no good. I don't want to hear that Skylar Thompson's no good. What did everyone say all week? Oh, man, this is a tough game for OSU. Ooh, K-State's undefeated. They won at Mississippi State. I mean, you can't, after the fact, just say K-State stinks. You have to give Oklahoma State credit. Kansas State, they've never had an electric passing game. They've never had an electric quarterback. But what they are is a freaking headache, and they move the chains, and they have a power running game. They pushed around Mississippi State, who has an SEC offensive and defensive line. So this was a great performance, and I'm sure here in Oklahoma City on all the sports talk shows where there's a lot of OU homers, they're going to sit there and go, well, K-State stinks. I'm not saying that. I think K-State's going to win some games in the Big 12, and I, I could not have been more impressed with the defensive performance. I agree. Uh, the K-State being bad thing was was annoying retrospectively. Like, are, are they gonna, are they like a top four Big 12 team? No, but... I don't think anybody thought that going in. I think 
I think people thought they were a frisky, like typical K State team just without Bill Snyder. And now afterwards, it's like, oh, well, they might be the worst team in the Big 12. And you're like, well, okay, maybe, <laughs> but can we let this play out a little bit? I don't, I mean, they could beat <laughs> Baylor, they could beat Iowa State, they could beat Tech, they could beat. Well, and, a lot and that's, of teams in the Big 12. But that's the point, right, is you've got OU, and then you've got Texas, and then at the bottom you've got Kansas, and everybody else, and, and maybe Tech, like right above Kansas, everybody else is like the same, right? It seems like. I mean, I think Oklahoma State is probably better than Kansas State, but I think you, you throw all these teams into like the Big 12 schedule depending on when they play, where they play, all this different stuff. And you can't just like after after the OSU K State game be like, well, K State's just they're terrible. And it's like, well, they might go out and like you said, beat Iowa State. Like all these teams are like very similar. I think is the point. And uh, I don't know. I think it's a I think it's a really good win for OSU. It's a great win. And the point shouldn't be after this game evaluating is Kansas State bad or are they like they're they are what they always have been. They're a tough they're a tough out no matter who they play. But the take should be, OSU's a really good football team. Yeah. They had every opportunity to win in Austin. They have a legit offense. Their defense has played really well the last two weeks against Texas and Kansas State, who are not bottom feeders in the Big 12 by any means. So th- that's the take. And I don't understand why the take has to be, well, Kansas State wasn't as good as we thought they were. No, the take is OSU took care of business against a good team and had one of the best defensive performances they've had in 20 years. That's that's the take. So yeah, it, it drives me crazy when the result happens, and then all of a sudden, ah, well, the win doesn't mean as much because we didn't think that, that that team didn't play as well. No, like OSU deserves credit for being a really good football team. They're the third best team in the league. That's yep. that's what it comes down to, and that should I'm, be the take. I'm glad you brought that up because Chuba mentioned this after the game. He was interviewed on ESPN Plus, ESPN minus, whatever you want to call it, and. He said, look, like we didn't play our best. We didn't have our stuff, but we're really tough and we keep coming at you. And I think, I think he is the embodiment of that. I mean, I mentioned the run that he had in the fourth quarter, like this Oklahoma state team, Carson, in a way that they were not last year is, is tough. Like they're going to be a tough out. They keep coming at you. We saw it at Texas. They get it within one score and Texas is like, oh my gosh, is this how it's going to go again? And it didn't, but I, I just, I, you know, I, 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 I juxtaposed that with last year where it felt like they just rolled over at times. They roll over at K-State. They roll over at TCU. And you're like, what, where is like the soul of this team? You just never saw it. Like you saw good games, you saw good performances, but you didn't see a team that had a soul. And I think you see that this year. And I, I don't know what to attribute that to. I don't know if that's a Gundy thing. Maybe it's a Chuba thing. Maybe it's a Sanders thing. I don't know what it is, but I just think this team is is way different than last year's team. They might, you know, they're not the best team that Gundy's ever had. They're not the most talented, but I think they're going to be a really, really tough team throughout the rest of the year. I agree, and they they showed some attitude, which I liked as well on offense and defense. So I I agree. I mean, it's like people forget last year this team played down to their competition. I thought they flat out dominated Kansas State and the score was not indicative of how the game played out yeah uh, okay let's get to two negative things the first is uh, these are sort of related so let's talk about them both at the same time I thought Sanders probably played his worst game um, there's only been five of them and he wasn't horrendous uh, he just wasn't I don't know he wasn't super sharp he turned it over a couple times and then the red zone issues Carson they persisted Jenny Carlson wrote a, a column that looked like she just saw some retweets that you had and just kind of wrote the <laughs> column off of that uh, it read is, like my timeline which is great and it was it was I thought it was smart and good and uh, she did a great job with it but uh, the red zone stuff it's not good and you can get away with that against Kansas State and it's fine and whatever but you start getting into shootouts you start taking field goals and it becomes not fine. So uh, just thoughts on Sanders and, and some of the red zone stuff that they ran. Yeah, I'll start with Sanders. I thought at the first couple series, K-State was doing a really good job of like bringing some some heat, bringing a lot of blitzes. 
and he had like no time to throw, so he sailed some passes, missed missed some throws that you, you look at just where from point A to point B, you're like he should make that throw, but the guys were in his face, and I thought the coaching staff did a good job of getting him out of the pocket. I think the very next series they threw a quick screen out to Tywin to kind of get him get it out of the muck, but no, he he didn't play that well, and I think. It was interesting driving home. Rashawn Woods made this point before I heard Mike Gundy make it. And Rashawn Woods on doing the sports animal post game said that, that Sanders is doing what a lot of young quarterbacks do. And, that, and this is what he got away with in high school is that he would, he's, he's trying to make a big play every time he's running around where he won't just take a small play. And he said, he goes, you can get away with that in high school because you're so much better than everybody else. But he's, he's finding out he can't get away with it at this level. And then sure enough, Mike Gundy basically said the same thing in his post game. So I thought that was really smart. And I thought that kind of summed up his struggles, so to speak, his interceptions. I think he's just trying to do a little too much. And that's, that's part of it. That's part of the maturation process. So did he play that great? No, but man, he, he had an electric run that I thought helped win the game, uh, lowered his shoulder a few times where I'd like him to just step out of bounds. He even lowered his shoulder on like a, a big AC unit that K state had and kind of stared <laughs> it down, which I thought was interesting. But, um, <laughs> But no, don't you don't you agree, Kyle? And before we talk about red zone, that that Spencer's just at times trying to make a little too much happen. Yeah, it looks like he's trying to score two touchdowns on every play, and you're like, well, that's not, and and yeah, like this happens with everybody because you you just want so badly, and Gundy has said this, like he just wants to be great so badly, and you have to like once you mature into learning, like well, what you that you can only score one touchdown on every play. And usually you don't on every play. Then you start getting into like the rhythm of being great and scoring on every drive or close to every drive or whatever it is. So I, I don't, I don't care about any of it. Like there's some like Drew Brown truthers out there and like all this other, and it's like, no, this is just, this is the deal. And those exist. I, I, I don't yeah Those I don't know exist. I heard That's a couple fake people fake news I, I heard a couple people chirping but this is the deal like it, it is what it is and he is going to be great he's already really good but he's going to be elite and you have to go through a couple of these games before you you get there that's just that's just part of the thing he's I don't, I don't know like I yeah like a lot of his mistakes I think are, are mistakes because he's dynamic. Like somebody said, somebody during the game said, uh, you know, uh, Cornelius never would have thrown that the first interception that Sanders threw. And somebody else said, yeah, cause he would have been sacked like four seconds before, <laughs> before he got that off. He does help their offensive line with his escapability. He did that several, several times. Yeah. Um, so, and, and, and Gundy made this point, and I kind of, I kind of think it's a good thing. Gundy said he needed to take off and run more, and he's trying to, he's looking downfield too much, and just sometimes he just needs to. T- I, I think it's, it's usually the opposite with a young quarterback. They get a little too ready to run out of the pocket or too ready to give up on a play and go take off. I think it's a good thing that he's already looking downfield and keeping, keeping locked downfield before he takes off. I think usually you have to train a quarterback to do the opposite. So I, yeah. I think that's a good sign moving forward. Yeah. For sure, I thought uh, the red zone. Yeah, Let's real quick talk about it. Real quick, I thought the pick to Stoner was a pretty good pass. Uh, I don't know, it's whatever. Like it sailed on him a little bit, but yeah, it was a tip ball. Yeah, um, red zone. I <laughs> that they're running Tylen out of the backfield. I, I which I actually yeah. I, I like the idea of getting Tylen more touches. I think I think that's the right play. I don't know if that was the actual right play to run. Um, I don't know, man. Like, it's not good. And uh, they. this has always been a kind of a lingering thing of the Gundy era because you've got these – and I wrote about this last week. You've got these explosive offenses that almost like they don't know what to, to do when they get contained, when they get inside like the 11 or the 7. And you're like, wow, we can't spread it out. What are we supposed to do? And uh, that's where you thought Gleason's like creativity would come into play, and it just hasn't so far. Yeah, and first off, the Tylen play, like I, I kind of think they were going to hand it off to him, and he was going to throw it. But that that blitzer was like in the backfield as soon as he got the ball, and he just he had to just 
start do, making running back moves just to not get tackled behind the line. I think yeah. I think they were going to hand it off to him, and the defense was going to rush up to him, and then he was going to just do like a a Tebow esque jump pass. But I like that. the play got the play got blown up so fast that it didn't matter. But I do think that's pretty telling that they're kind of grasping at straws when they're having to put Tywin at running back and throw a pass potentially. <laughs> but the biggest problem I had though, Kyle, was third third and eight. Uh, or no, third and goal on the eight-yard line twice, they hand the ball off between the tackles. Like, yeah. That's not working. That that That's giving up and settling for a field goal. That That is terrible. And look, their offensive line is – and they had two new tackles, I understand. Their offensive line, this is the problem. They're, they're not getting people off the ball. They're not blocking well enough in the red zone to score a lot of times. I understand that. But when your offensive line is not going to get tough yards like that, you have to get unconventional. I think they need to spread it out, four or five wide, let Spencer run around. You know, you have to quit lining up in you know goal line formation and trying to run the football. <laughs> it's it's not happening. It's and so is are there? Did Spencer miss a throw to Landon Wolf? Yes, I thought, and that was another case where they had three or four wide, and I thought that the the throw was there. I think that's what they got to do. Kyle is. Just stick to their basic spread principles and quit trying to be something they're not. I also think they have got to make their cowboy backs feared in the red zone so that it opens up things for Landon Wolf and and Tywin Wallace and Spencer on the on the QB run game. Like those guys have been non existent. Now their first red zone touchdown pass of of the game, or their only red zone touchdown fast was to a cowboy back i loved it yeah. so that those are the things kyle i think they have to do to get better because right now it's a struggle i mean they should they, how about they stop throwing inside passes to jelani and start like running them out there when they're in the red zone like like you and i said last week post him up in the corner like let him run a curl post up a dude like Shaq and just <laughs> throw it as high as you can and let him come down with it. Like I'm, I'm joking, but no, you're right. I mean, just get him involved. I mean, he's one of the best players on the team. I think Yeah, I just feel like that's where those weapons, I mean, when you're driving, when you're anywhere else on the field that they are, Jelani's big because he can block anybody. He can clear the way for Chuba. He can get guys out of time, you know, whatever. But when you're in, when you're in like the, when you're on the eight, I mean, look, like, I get it. Like maybe Sanders isn't like, sometimes I feel like he, he throws it too hard and he becomes not accurate because he's trying to like jam it in this window. But, but the other thing's not working either. So you might as well like let him figure that out right now because none of the other stuff's going to work anyway. And, uh, and have something for later in the year. I don't know. I just, I'm with you. I think they should either roll him out or spread it out or whatever and just be who you are instead of all of a sudden trying to like line it up on the goal line and be, you know, the Alabama <laughs> air, air force or out. Yeah. Whatever. Like just, I don't, I don't know. Well, and it doesn't, it seem like Spencer's so much more comfortable throwing on the run or rolling out than he does in the pocket. Yeah. That's the way I feel. Yeah. And it's twofold too, rolling him out and getting him on the move in the goal line. Like, that's an extra blocker. Like when he's the running back, you have an extra man essentially. And so he has the option to run it or throw it. And it just, it creates so much of a decision for the defense as to what to do. It just, and I, I thought they tried to run some more creative stuff. They ran that reverse to Thailand, which I thought was good. So great. it's clear. Yeah. They're really, they're, they're, sch- they're scheming it. They're trying to get better inside the 20. Uh, it just, it hasn't happened yet, but I, I did think they, they attempted to, and Spencer didn't make some good throws as well, but, but no, that they're figuring it out, and I think they will. I'm not, I'm not pushing the panic button, but man, it's they're having a tough go over right now, and that that that'll get you beat in the Big Twelve kicking field goals. And by the way, is Chris Kleiman and Matt Wells from Texas Tech? I, I know they're new to the Big Twelve, <laughs> but kick, kicking a field goal down, what was it down twenty? It was it was uh, twenty three to three with twelve minutes left. He, like simple math, it's still a three-score game. That field goal did literally nothing to help you. Yeah. What was he doing? I, I that was I, unbelievable. I, I don't know. I kept I kept checking the uh, the down and distance. I was like, maybe it was like fourth and forty, and I just missed it. But it was like <laughs> it was like fourth and eight or something. 
Yeah, fourth and six are very manageable. I mean, you're you're down. Like you've done nothing all game. What are you doing? You have yeah. to go for it. And I Matt was... Wells, Matt Wells from Tech kicked a field goal down like 35 to OU. What was the line? What are you doing? Maybe maybe he's getting the cover. Who knows? It was like 27, 28. So it's yeah, that's what it felt like. We were just trying to get it to under the number, but I don't know. <laughs> but but I think they'll get the red zone issues figured out. I thought it was interesting listening to Sean Gleason after the game. He made a an interesting point. I never heard it phrased like this. That he said, he said we're only. He's like we're usually just worried about getting the ball into the red zone. He's like most of the game is played between the twenties, and a very finite amount of, of football is played inside the twenties. And and to your point, like you mentioned, like the, the field gets really small. So I think he they do way more scheming on moving the football down the field, and they're going to have to just grind a little bit on on how they're going to score some points. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, what we both came for this week, this Monday, Carson, let's get to this week's uniform review brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on Canvas Corner, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. I couldn't read that fast enough because I just wanted to get to your thoughts on the black, black, and orange look. Oh, my goodness. Um, it was outstanding. It was uniform perfection <laughs> to the point where if you want to – if you want to argue that black, black, orange is their best uniform combination, yes, I, I don't have a whole lot of resistance for you. Yes. I don't have a whole lot of arguments to make. And the, the thing I, I thought of actually, Kyle, which I didn't expect myself to be thinking this, but I'd be totally fine in the years to come. Like, look, I love all the new helmets. I love the variety. I love the newness that they come up with every single week. But if you told me that just they were going to go to a base uniform of just orange and black and then wear a white jersey at home or on the road, I'd be fine with it. If you just wore that black helmet, uh, black jersey, and orange pants at home every game or some combination of black and orange, black, orange, black, all black, just black and orange is what they should wear. That is their two colors. And I've said that. That's why back when they had the Les Miles editions – and the Pat Jones editions of the white, orange, white, like white and orange is not their co- like black and orange are the colors, man. Let's rock it. And so yeah. I thought it looked outstanding. And if they ever go to a base uniform, just keep it black and orange because it looks unbelievable. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think it's their best home combo. I mean, all all black is great. It's up there. I don't know. All black's great. Black orange, black's great. Yeah, uh, we never seen orange, orange, black. But no, I I think it it's unbelievable. I, it was, I have no arguments if people want to make that case. It was it was perfect. I have no I have nothing else. To, I mean, it was just a plus plus across the board. Helmets are great, and they've improved. They've improved the helmet. Like at night, that chrome brand just looks. When you're at the game, it just looks sweet under the lights. Like yeah. they've they've improved what I thought was the best helmet. I called it by the way, black, black, orange. Is that, was that your pick? I couldn't remember if you or Southwell picked that. It, that was me. I did say the Ed Hardy helmet though. So I don't get a bonus point. Um, uh, yeah, not perfect call, but close enough. Yeah. We started Southwell has been keeping the actual score while I've been just, I don't know what I've been doing. I can't, I can't add it up apparently. And I'm in last place. So I needed that. Um, I went from first to last in a hurry, but uh yeah i thought he was just i mean even so so jackson lavarnoy who takes pictures for takes uh shoots the games for us uh he put up an album um that we kind of pull photos from to for for stuff on our site and i was just looking through it this morning and i was like this is un like this is awesome like they i'm with you like if they want to go to something go to that like the gray is fine. I'm not anti-gray, but if you're going to like lock in on something, the black, black, orange is just, it's phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, just use that as the base if you want. I, I'm cool with it. But again, I, I like the, I like the variety, but it just, man, it popped. It, it looks, it looks outstanding. And Southwell has been riding for the black, black, orange for a long time, ever since they wore it in 2011. He's been, he's been stating it's their best look and He's not. He's not totally wrong. It looked great for sure. Uh, okay, Uni Heisman, who you got? I'm gonna go a little off the board here. Um, Brendan Evers, the defensive tackle. Wow. Brendan or Brendan or Brandon? It's Brendan. Brendan Evers. That's what I thought. Um, I noticed him during the game. You know, it's hard for a defensive tackle to like have a little swag with their look. 
but he does. He's got like the thin wristbands on his on his uh, on his legs. Actually, if you go to the Oklahoma, I just went to Oklahoma State's main website. Or no, if you go to his roster page, that's what it is. They have an updated picture from the game on Saturday, and it's it's him running on the field, and he's got an orange sleeve. He's got a clear visor, which is money for a defensive tackle, but the little wristbands on the legs, I thought, took him up a notch, and he he had some uh, some swag for a, for a defensive tackle. And I also thought he took a horrible blindsided block that I thought might have ended him, and he just hopped right. <laughs> up. I thought that was big time. So I got to give my uni Heisman to a, to a big guy, a, a defensive tackle. I thought he stood out. The big fella. I love it. Uh, I'm going, I wanted to go Dylan Stoner because him and Chuba were both wearing that uh, KT tape, but it was like, you know how the KT tape is different. It can be different color. Like it, there's just a bunch of different designs. Well, they had like this leopard like print. Well, it, yeah, from far away, it probably did. It was like a tribal print, like a, like a, I don't, that's probably like very incorrect of me to say, but like a, like a, like a tribal, like painting, like pattern. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Like a lot of guys have like around their bicep or whatever as a tattoo. That's what mm-hmm. they had on the KT tape. I thought it looked awesome because it kind of fits in with the, uh, the, the Paisley stuff that they have on the uniform. It's almost like an additional like accent to the actual uniform, but, uh, I'm going to skip over stoner, uh, just like Spencer Sanders has been doing in the passing game. And I'm going to go to, uh, I'm going to go to Thailand. The orange sleeve. I picked him last week. The orange sleeve was awesome. He looks again. He looks like he's like six, four now. I don't think he actually is, (laughs) but however, like whatever he's doing with his uniform and like the way he, you know, gets going on, on Saturday. Like he just, he looks massive out there. And uh, I love the orange sleeve to go with the rest of the uni. It's great. I thought to your point about the, the tribal tattoo thing, like when they showed stoner on the jumbotron the first time, cause again, I was at the game. I couldn't see it on TV. I thought he got a tattoo between games. It looked yeah. like, yeah. you know, the rock, you know, the rock, that tattoo yeah. he has kind of on his chest. That's right. I thought he had like a Hawaiian Samoan tattoo across his arm when I saw that KT tape. And then it kind of looked leopard print the more I looked at it. So it, <laughs> it was kind of tripping me out the whole game, to be honest. Him and, him and Lindy Waters got a two for one over the summer. Um, yeah, it was it was wild looking. Okay, mid first, Carson, you can enter the ultimate game day experience by using your credit or debit card from mid first. All you have to do uh, is go swipe it. Every time you swipe, you're automatically entered to win from now until the end of uh, October, October thirty first, Halloween. Uh, you can win two VIP tickets to an OSU game in November. You can win a gift basket that they're giving away. You can win five hundred dollars. So. Uh, each swipe of your OSU credit card or debit card is another entry into the ultimate game day experience. And uh, yeah, like we talked about last week, if you are swiping your card as much as I am with uh, my kid's grocery bill, then uh, you're going to, you're going to have a pretty good chance to win. Love it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, okay. Real quick. I know you got to get going. Uh, we've got bullets and BBs, bullet sticker, BB <laughs> sticker. What do you got? Um, let's go, let's go bullet sticker first. I thought, I thought Trey Sterling was awesome against Kansas state and he's a stud. He was in the backfield a lot. He's making big hits, but more than anything, he just, he seems like a dog. You know, you gotta have some dogs on defense and he, he's one I of want them. dogs. I mean, he, he is. And I, I was really impressed with him. I thought, I thought he was outstanding and really, the whole defense played well. It's hard to single out just one guy, but he was kind of the guy that came to mind for me. Yeah, he he. I'm gonna pair him with the guy that I picked uh, for my bullet sticker. That's Jarek Bernard. Uh, we hadn't heard a lot from him this year. We talk a lot about Trace Ford. Talk a lot about uh, Colby Harvell Peel. We talk a lot about the corners, AJ Green and Rodarius Williams. I thought Bernard was awesome on Saturday. Uh, and those were two guys. I think I think Sterling led the team. I think he had seven tackles, and Bernard had six. I want to say, and I thought those two guys were just all over the field, and, and it highlighted. You know, I think I talked about this a little bit uh, in my ten thoughts. Oklahoma State's just they're more talented than Kansas State, and you see that in the same way that sometimes you see it, like when when Oklahoma State goes up against uh, an OU or a 
just a team with a lot more guys on it, like a lot more athletes. Uh, you saw it the, going the other way. Like Bernard and Sterling, all these guys stood out against a Kansas State offense that was kind of methodical at times. So I thought both of those guys popped, but my bullet sticker is going to uh, Jerry Bernard. I like it. He played well, too. Um, that's encouraging, too, for those for those safeties. For sure. Um, BBs, uh, um, you can go – we could, could have gone the red zone offense, which we've already discussed. I'm just going to go with – and again, I think the special teams was really was really good against Kansas State. Good good punt coverage, good kickoff coverage. Gundy lauded it in the post game, but man, the punt return has just become depressing and sad. And they don't even try anymore. And, and again, I guess they were going after some punts, trying to block them. But Stoner just he, he fair catches everything. He catches it inside the ten on the five yard line. Like that is just. That's just bad football. You don't you stay on the ten. If it goes over your head, you let it drop and hope it bounces in the end zone. Just the punt return unit, and, and I don't even blame Stoner. It's, this is it's been a problem for a decade now. <laughs> but I just I got to go BB with it. You just you kind of just shake your head every time they return a punt these days, don't you? Yeah, I mean not just these days. All like the last one thousand days. Right. It's it's not been good for a long time. That's a. That's a consistent BB sticker uh, every week for, for the last few years. Uh, my BB sticker, Carson, Iowa State win nine games in a year. Just do it one time. <laughs> I've been I've been I knew yelling. This was I've been yelling about this since uh, since the preseason. Everybody's like, and I thought of a good. Con- I, I think I think that uh, I don't know if the Browns are Iowa State or Iowa State is the Browns, but we get just really excited about some of this stuff in, in June and July and August. And then they start playing games and you're like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Iowa state doesn't win nine games. They just don't do it. But Hey, let's talk about Matt Campbell for the Michigan job. Right? Like mm-hmm. I, I'm, I was, just, I'm just so annoyed by like the Iowa state stuff that it, I was talking with uh, your boy, Eddie Radosevich about this over the weekend. And it's, he's like, I just, I, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand. And I was like, I don't, I don't either. Baylor beats them on a last second field goal. They're what? They're two and two. They're one and two. What are they? Who? Iowa State? Yeah. Uh, they've lost two games. They've lost uh, to Iowa and uh, last Baylor. week. Yeah. Baylor. So all of a sudden that OSU game at Ames, I mean, is it going to be a tough game? Yes, of course. It's always tough when they go there, but it's not as daunting maybe as, as people would have suspected about a month ago. Yeah. I mean, I, I was on the Iowa state train and I was wrong. You and Eddie were on the same page. Eddie was poo pooing them as well before the season. So they aren't who we thought that Iowa state is who you thought they were. <laughs> not who I thought they were. Okay. One more time. Let's hear from Chris's and then we'll get out of here with one interesting thing. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, one interesting thing. What do you got for me? Well, I got two kind of interesting things. One, <laughs> okay. Nebraska joining the Big Ten has turned them into Minnesota. They are a completely, <laughs> completely irrelevant football entity. <laughs> completely irrelevant football program. I hope they're happy that they're collecting that check from the Big Ten because they have turned into Minnesota, and they wish they were Wisconsin at this point. They wish they were a Wisconsin-type football program because they're not. They are terrible. They're not going to be good anytime soon. They're definitely not ever getting back to what they were when they were you know, rolling up national titles, and and joining the Big Ten just has destroyed their recruiting. They're terrible. They stink. Uh, and, And along those same lines... A&M nearly loses to Arkansas, who's barely a football program in their own right. Arkansas barely plays football. A <laughs> and um, is still who they were when they were in the Big 12, an underachiever. But how about this? Brian Keating brought up this stat to me. I had no idea. A&M has 
has won double digit games twice since 1995. Oklahoma State's done it six of the last nine years. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. This is this is the Iowa State take. I'm looking it up right now, Carson. I you know how many times Iowa State's won nine games in a season? Never. Ever. At, in a hundred one time. 122 years, they've done it twice. They did it in 1906 when they went nine and one. Congratulations. <laughs> And then big big it, schedule that year, ten games then, back then. Wow, I, I know. And then in two in uh, two thousand, they won the Inside Bowl to go nine and three. That's the only two times they've ever won nine games. They don't. They, they're not a program that wins nine games. And people are like, "Well, they could win the Big Twelve. Well, probably not. Go win nine games and then get back to me." Yeah, I'm fired. You're not up. wrong. You you deserve to spike the football on that one. Okay, what was your other interesting thing? Or was it a That was. It was A&M and Nebraska. Two. Nebraska's not a football program anymore, and a and is just kind of what they've always been. Where will A&M hang their banner for beating Arkansas for like the third straight year? <laughs> oh, in the house where the collie sleeps, I guess. I'm sure it's got like a mansion because they love that dog. Uh, my one interesting thing is... Saturday's game, I looked it up, Carson. First time uh, an Oklahoma State team under Mike Gundy has scored exactly 26 points in a game. Really? Yeah. Seriously. Wow. So but coming into that game, they had scored every number between 10 and 50, except for uh, – let me see if I can remember. It was like 11, 16, 19, 26, 29, and 43. That's off the top of my head. I might be wrong about one of those. Uh, so they checked uh, they checked 26 off the box. So they've only not scored like five numbers between 10 and 50. Hmm. I'm uh, I'm I'm deep I'm deep in the media guide. If you yeah, can't tell, you've been you've been you've been bored out in the shed. I think <laughs> less less probably scored 26 like 10 times. <laughs> they did score. They scored 32 against Central Arkansas in like 2007 or something, which is Ew. the the only time they've ever scored 32. They only scored 25 once. I think it was against Kansas State also. Uh, they scored 12. <laughs> the only time they did that was against Kansas State last year. Four field goals. Good job. Um, so, yeah, I just thought that was an interesting kind of side note from Saturday's game. Interesting. I never really thought of it in those yeah. terms. But uh, but a good win, and uh, OSU looks really good. They do. Uh, okay, we'll be back later in the week to talk tech. You've got – Thunder Media Day that you got to get to. So uh, good stuff, Carson. We'll talk talk soon. Perfect okay. timing. Sounds good. Talk to you later.